Gracious God, we love you and we honor you and we worship you. And we thank you so much that you are a good and loving God and that you've given us your word to guide us. And I pray, Father, as we read your word now, that you'd open it up to us. And I pray, Father, that uh, your Holy Spirit would rest on me to bring your word to your people boldly and faithfully. We love you, we honor you, and we worship you, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest, you're a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, we started last week talking about how do we travel through tough times? Because we need to be ready. We are about to enter very tough times, I think in global history and also in the history of our nation here in the United Kingdom and possibly even here in London. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, I know that we will get through it one way or another as we always do, but we're about to go through a season of tough times, and tough times tend to challenge us and stretch us as Christians, and tough times often are the times when many people start to abandon their faith. And so as believers in Jesus, we need to know how to travel through tough times so that not only do we maintain our faith, but we actually thrive in the midst of those tough times. And it's my conviction, as we go through tough times, we can actually thrive. But we need to integrate, implement certain things in our lives and make sure that we're following these things, make sure that these things are an integral part of our lives, not just an add-on. Because what happens if something is not an integral part of your life, but just an add-on, the first opportunity you get, you'll shed it, you'll cast it aside, and it might be something that later on you need. It might be like you're walking through a desert and uh, you have your, you know, your nice Harris tweed jacket like I have on right now, and you're walking through the desert, it's really hot, you know, so what do you do? You take off your Harris tweed jacket and you toss it to the side, but the problem is you don't realize that the desert that's very hot during the day gets very cold during the night. And so there will be some point in time in that night where you say, you know, I wish I'd hung on to that Harris tweed jacket because that's what's going to keep me from dying in the night. I thought it was going to kill me during the day, but in the nighttime, I need it to thrive. In the nighttime, I need it to survive. And so that's what we're talking about here. And we mentioned last week that there's two overarching things that are absolutely necessary, essential, as we travel through the tough times. The first is that we fix our eyes on Jesus, and the second is that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in fact, 
the writer to the Hebrews echoes, uh, prefigures actually what he's going to say in chapter 12 here at this point in time, because he reminds us, he says, you know, we have confidence to go before God by the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, by the new and living way that he opened up for us, and we have a great high priest who is Jesus, who knows what it's like to travel through tough times. He's been there, he's done it, he's gotten on the other side and experienced the resurrection. So we have to, with all of these things, always remember Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because you forget these things, then it becomes legalism. You remember Jesus, you remember the Holy Spirit, and then you have the essential relationships that you need to travel through tough times and all the other disciplines and all the other ideas that we're going to talk about for how you go through tough times begin to make sense. But if you don't have the relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, then all they are is just legalism, and it will be empty legalism that gets you nowhere. Many people don't realize that it's not doing the stuff of Christianity that makes you a Christian and that causes you to thrive. So it's not prayer. It's not just reading the Bible. It's not just worshiping God. But it's actually doing those things in relationship with God. If we don't have the relationship, then you can read the Bible all you want to and you'll get nowhere. I think all that makes sense. And to introduce what I'm going to talk about today, I was thinking about uh, uh, earlier this week, Karen and I had the, the joy of going to the dentist. Everybody loves to go to the dentist, right? The dental hygienist. Uh, and everybody loves to brush their teeth and floss and do all those kinds of things that you need to do and, and uh, you know, even take showers and stuff like that. But, you know, the truth be told, if we were left on our own and there was nobody else around us, what would most of us probably do? I mean, would we be as zealous about brushing our teeth? You know, would, would I be that careful to brush my teeth every day if I didn't have to look my wife in the face and see the scowl that she has with my bad breath if I don't brush my teeth? Or what about taking a shower? I know a lot of guys who, you know, think of taking a shower as kind of an add-on to life not as kind of an essential part of life. And, and I tend to meet these guys in a very crowded underground train, right? You've met these guys like that, right? You think, whoa, shower, shower, anywhere. You know, just take a shower. What is it that gets us to do these things? It's not just that it's good hygiene. For many of us, it's relationship with other people. If you think about it, many of the things that we do that are good for us, we only do in relationship with others. And many of the things that we don't do that are bad for us, we only refuse to do them in relationship with others. Now, for example, with Karen, if, if I didn't have her as part of my life, when I was faced with a big cherry pie, I'd buy it and I would eat the whole thing and I wouldn't even think twice about it. But actually, it's even knowing that I'm going to have to talk to Karen about this so that she might see it that keeps me sometimes on the straight and narrow. I mean, this is the way that we're all wired. And this explains 
why the writer to the Hebrews said what he said today. If we are going to travel through tough times, not only do we need Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but we need one another. Nobody travels through tough times alone. You cannot do it. It is absolutely impossible. And so the word for today in traveling through tough times, we must gather with one another. We must gather together with one another. And you might say, well, you know, sometimes gathering together, it's not, it's not so exciting. I mean, you don't know the people that I have to gather with. And I would say, well, it's not about you. It's not about what's exciting for you. We gather together not only for ourselves, but also for other people. Because if I need other people to help me to follow Jesus and help me stay on the straight and narrow and avoid doing things that are going to be destructive, that means that other people need me in their life to do the very same thing. And if we fail to gather together, we will fail. It's not about the excitement of our meetings. You know, when I brush my teeth, I don't get up in the morning and say, oh, wow, I get to brush my teeth today. I have one of these really cool battery-operated toothbrushes, and I love to see how it works in that, that little head when it rotates around. It makes me so happy. I don't do these things. I engage with it because I know that it is healthy. I engage with it because I know that it will produce something that is good in my life so that when I do see the hygienist, that she's very happy with me and says, I don't need to see you for a year, rather than very sad with me and says, I want to see you back next week. And so we need that gathering together. And that's what the writer is emphasizing here. Now, oftentimes what we do when we look at the text, uh, we, we kind of look at the last part of this text and say, okay, that's part about gathering together. The last part of the text is gathering. Actually, though, if you read the text, the whole thing is gathering. So he says, you know, since we get to go to God by the blood of Jesus Christ, and since we have somebody in Jesus who really understands what we're going through, who really understands what it means to travel through tough times, he tells them to do three things. He says, let us draw near. Let us draw near. He's talking here about drawing near together. Almost every sermon I've ever heard preached on this says, okay, now what you need to do is you need to go in the quiet of your prayer room and draw near to God. But that is not what the writer is saying. He's saying, let us all together draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled uh, clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In other words, he's saying, let us together draw near to God in things like worship, things like prayer. Let us draw near to God together, knowing that together we have been forgiven. Together we have been clean. Together we are the children of God. And together we have this great high priest who understands us so we can draw near to God with confidence. So we need together to draw near to God. And we do that. And when you guys come out on a Thursday, what are we doing? Together we're drawing near to God. 
When people come to the uh, Thursday night equip, they're drawing near to God. When people are involved in the house of prayer at all, they're drawing near to God. And we do this together. When we go to church on a Sunday, the purpose is for us together to draw near to God. And there's a dynamic that happens with God as together we draw near to him. It enables us together to travel through these tough times. But that's not the only thing. Look at verse 23. He says, Next, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. So when we gather together, the second purpose is not only drawing near to God, but it's also so that we can hold fast our hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our confession. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Jesus Christ is Lord. These are our confessions, and as we come together, we are declaring together, we believe in Jesus, we know that he died on the cross for us, he rose bodily from the dead for us, he ascended into heaven, and one day he's coming again for us. And every time we gather, we are holding fast to our confession. There are times, you know, even, even though I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a leader, and I've been more than 30 years, I mean, there are moments, you know, where I'm, I'm just by myself and I say, okay, is this Jesus stuff really real? I mean, come on. Did I just deceive myself? What have I been doing with my life? And it's not always that hard. Occasionally it is. But you know what? When I gather with other Christians that enables me to hold fast to this confession that I made in my life, I made it 44 years ago, that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord. And every time I gather together, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if there's a worship team, it doesn't matter if the preacher is any good, it doesn't matter if there's any instrumental music, every time I gather with other Christians, it empowers me to hold fast to the hope that I have of eternal life and the confession that I made that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And so we must gather together. If you try to do this on your own, the world will always win. Always. Because when you're hit by the volume of information and attack that the world likes to make, if you don't know other Christians and can't hold on with other Christians, you will have a hard time holding on. So the writer to the Hebrews says, gather, not only so let us draw near, but we gather so that we can hold fast our faith, hold fast our confession, hold fast our belief. And then he says the third thing. And he says, we gather so that we might consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. One of the big things that we do, one of the reasons why there's preaching is so that we can be stirred up to love each other more deeply, to love people outside the church, and to do good. One of the reasons why we talk about traveling through tough times, you're not traveling through tough times just so you can survive tough times, you travel through tough times so that you can serve Jesus in the midst of them, and that people can see that Jesus Christ is alive. We do all of this for other people. And so we come together to learn how to encourage one another to do good things. 
we challenge one another. And so because of this, that's where the writer says, you know, let's not neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some. We've seen a shift, even in the last 30 years I've seen this shift. 30 years ago, if you were not in church at least every Sunday, on, you were not really an active member. Active members were every Sunday. Now you go back 50 years, and in places like the Isle of Lewis, it's still the case, active members have to be there Sunday morning and Sunday evening. You go back a little bit beyond that, active members have to be there Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and the Wednesday night prayer meeting, or the midweek prayer meeting. And people on Lewis, they still practice that and still have that expectation. You look at many around London, and they think, well, I've been to church once this year, so I must be an active member. Or for some, it's not quite that, uh, quite that stark. For many people, it's like, well, I go once a month, so that means I'm an active member. Now, of course, there are reasons not to go every Sunday. If you have to work, you know, there, there are obligations that might prevent you from going. But the point is, the writer to the Hebrews here is saying, do not neglect to meet together. And some are making a habit of this. But we need to encourage one another to gather and do so all the more. We shouldn't do it less. We need to start doing it more, especially as you see the day approaching. That's the end times. That's when Jesus Christ comes again. But certainly as we see the troubled times approaching, we need to gather together all the more because if we don't stand together, we cannot stand separately. So as we travel through tough times, we must remember that Jesus Christ has redeemed us not as individuals, but as a group. Yes, he saved you personally, but he saved you personally to be part of a church, to be part of his body, to be part of his bride. And we must remember that the deepest blessings of our faith happen as we gather. They don't happen if we're on, on our own alone. And so let us draw near to God with a clean conscience. Let us hold fast together the hope of our confession. And let us together consider how we can encourage one another and stir one another up as we meet together more and more and more traveling through these tough times. Because Jesus has made a way and his Holy Spirit empowers us to do this. And as we gather, we can travel through tough times. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how it challenges us as well as encourages us. And I pray, Father, that you just stir in our hearts how we need to gather with other Christians. It might be for that uh, Bible study in our home church or a night of prayer or just being more regular on Sunday mornings. Whatever you're calling us to do, Lord, help us to meet together, to gather all the more, not neglecting, as some are doing, but to gather all the more, especially as we enter these troubling times. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.